Hello and welcome to Cooney Quest episode 260. Can't talk. I am your terrible host, Mike Apps, AK Wheels, and with me as always. Uh, honestly, stupefied and stultified by Wheels' sheer lack of an intro. David McCrary's time on that, sorry. And has been missing from this podcast so long he's forgotten what his own intro should be like. Your man in Japan, Michael Baker, Gaijin Minokatari. I hope yeah, that was loud. Good to have you back, back in the saddle. Yeah, the perfect yeah. timing, because there's things, there's things. Yeah, suddenly yeah, there's a lot of things, things to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but how's the Hero Bank 2 been going? <laughs> I'm, uh, I think I'm on Chapter 5 or Chapter 6. I have the entire western half of Japan liberated at this point. Good job. Yep. Um, Dead consolidation. I'm trying to figure out how to get into the Nagoya Stadium. <laughs> and I've come to the conclusion that there is no way in hell this game would ever get localized in English just because it would not be possible to translate any of the character jokes. It's never stopped someone before, but it sure probably didn't make it a more attractive target. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, it's not like, for example, Inazuma Eleven, where every single character had a name upon based on their appearance, because at least those you could try to make up something that uses the same pun in English. Hmm. Um. So in this game, um, each region, um, in order to defeat each region, you need to go through a series of challenges based on the prefectures in the region, which is basically just fighting a bunch of people. And each prefecture or district has its own signature character from the from the big tournament that was supposed to have started the game, except it got interrupted by pirates. Um, <clears throat> and so every single one of these prefectural characters is some ridiculous deep dive into local tourism for references. Oh, boy. Um, so, just as an example, for Kumamoto, since I can actually understand all the references for this guy. <laughs> so, his name is uh, Suizenji Tenma. Suizenji being a very traditional um, garden park in the middle of the city that used to be used by the daimyo lord. <laughs> so, and this guy... This guy claims to be both an occultist and a reincarnation of Lord Amaksa Shiro, who was a 17th century Christian samurai on an island on the west side of the prefecture. And uh, which this is getting weird already, but Amaksa Shiro is always shown as wearing one of those 17th century neck ruffs. You think when you think Elizabethan? A cravat. Except this character in the game. His neck ruff is definitely supposed to look like a cross section of a mustard fried lotus root, which is a uh. local food in, Japan, in Kumamoto. And as part of the occultist angle, his belt buckle is a horse scu um, skull. Ugh. A different food reference in Kumamoto. Mm. And I'm not quite sure why, but his face is painted in a kabuki style that looks a lot like Zoroark. Hmm. Huh. And this is one character out of 46. <laughs> and they don't get any... Okay, so 
Okay, some of them don't. Some of them actually do get stranger, but he's pretty towards the deep end on this. Hmm. But it just gets weirder and weirder and weirder as we go. Yeah, it sounds and, like it. And I'm like, there is no possible way to trans to properly localize any of these jokes. Yeah, I believe it. I possibly it's impossible to localize some of them into Japanese. <laughs> um, one of the major villains, once she gets angry enough, she switches from like a high society, wahaha, um, evil lady, after accent to full on Hiroshima accent. Hmm. Like in mid sentence, and everyone is like, "What just happened?" <laughs> oh, she must be angry now. <laughs> Probably, presumably. Yeah. So yeah, this, yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, sounds like it. Sounds like you're having a good time, though, at least. I mean, it is. It's what it is. It's pretty. It's very, very similar to the first game. They just took out certain implementation for the battles, which is kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes, sometimes a welcome lack of implementation for a few things. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's it's all crazy fun and kayfabe. Lots of kayfabe. That all you've been playing recently, or yeah, just that one. I mean, I I did put out that impression on Monday. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was like I think I put maybe almost two hours into that, just because <laughs> I played everything I could the first time, and then I did it again the second time around to get some better screenshots. Nice. Get the meat uh, off I mostly did not demo. need because I ended up accidentally duplicating several of the screenshots we already had from the first news release. <laughs> but I did get a good picture of the the uh, MacGuffin on the stepped pedestal that looks a lot like a mana seed from Secret of Mana. It's <laughs> <laughs> not. It, it is legally distinct. Very different. The best kind yeah. of distinct. Yes. As, let me say again, that game is pretty much everything you might have wanted from the Secret of Mana remake that didn't actually happen. Sweet. Mm. Yeah. So it's actually a remake instead of a weird... Um... Oh, oh it, it is very much a new game. Sweet. It's just the entire oh. battle system seems like it is an upgrade of Secret of Mana. Perfect. <laughs> everything you dreamed. So like Secret of Mana, um, you hit, you attack once, and then you have the the thing climbing back up to 100%, so you can hit full power again. Hmm. Um, and Trinity Trigger has a three-hit combo, which and anytime you pause, it will start recharging. Interesting. So you you do have to recharge at some point because eventually you'll just be hitting ones if you keep smashing. I blame you, Secret of Mana. Um, and you can change weapons on the fly. Cool. But since weapons are tied to your little animal companions, as in they're like familiars that will change into the weapons, um, each of the characters has a unique weapons set. Hmm. So uh, when we when we met the MacGuffin on the pedestal, he, um, the second character gained a second weapon. She got the spear. Uh, but the 
first and second character both have bows available as well. So I'm guessing that eventually everyone will get every weapon, just not all at the same time. Hmm. Hmm. I've seen five weapons. There are still blank spots on the weapon ring menu. So there's at least a whip and a boomerang, and I'm betting that there's also a javelin. And then we complete the set. So we shall see. Other than that, no chance to try out the local co-op mode. We are just um, assured that it exists. Of course. Which again is about as secret a man as you can get. Well, hey, if they do for this what they did for a Saga clone, then I'm here for it. Yep. Could be a lot of fun. Does that have a release date? It has a release date of September 15th in Japan. Cool. Well, hopefully someone localizes it. I mean, Hopefully, it, yeah. I mean, it seems like a pretty smart idea to localize. I mean, uh, guess what we're getting in a few weeks in English. Something bad? For some reason that I'm going to what buy anyway. Just say it. For the pain. Just say it. Is it? Metal Max Xeno Reborn. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> well, give it a shot and just see if see that you actually do agree with me on this one, and then. Oh, I'm sure I will, but it's just like, well, I should buy this so that support the franchise. Someone, someone has to know that someone cares <laughs> about the series. Yeah. So, but did Metal Dogs get a switch? Um, get a physical release in Japan? In, yes. In not, Japan. I don't think it's getting. I don't think one does one other than that. We might get one from like limited run here. Yeah. I'm. I really need to finish writing a review for that one because it's. It's not much, but it's more enjoyable than I found Zeno Reborn to be. Damned with faint praise, but fair. I mean, Metal Dogs is basically just running around as a puppy dog with a machine gun, blowing stuff up. That's that's got a base appeal to it. Yeah, it's not a it's not a complicated game. It's not a deep game. I'm kind of annoyed how they treated Doctor Minch in this, but oh well. <sighs> but we got a lot to get to. So wheels, tell me what you've been playing. Um, I've been playing a lot of um. Dot hack for one, of course, which continues to be wonderful and extremely well written. Mm -hmm. uh, don't have any yeah, you fucking you fucking messaged me about that a couple nights ago. Yeah, I was just impressed by just the little touches. Like, there's a lot of weird things going on, and the writers very clearly remembered remember who knows about what's going on and who doesn't because. They've got they've got a very specific like hierarchy of they've got a very specific hierarchy of how much any given person knows. Yeah. So you've got like your members of Project to you who are all clued in on the plot. You've got uh, members of the Guild Canard who know something's going on because your protagonist is acting is you know weird and secretive about certain things, uh, but they don't know what's going on, so they just do their best to be supportive. And then you've got idiots like Pyrrhus the Third who have no fucking idea what's going on. Yeah. Uh, so that's some pretty good plot direction there. 
by whoever was in charge of the, all planning everything. Kazunori Ito. Good on him, because that's that's a lot of stuff to keep track of. And yeah, yeah. Kazunori or Kazuhiro? I'm, I'm trying to remember. There's a few. I think it's Kazunori Ito. But there, uh, yeah, yeah, it's Kazunori Ito. But there was one specific moment that impressed me because you're. Uh, this is mild spoilers, but in the first game, you win an arena tournament and get like a title. And then the second game, for reasons, you need to enter that tournament again. You you need to enter the higher level of the tournament. Yes. Because like the, the, the tournament is like level based. So like people from level 1 to 50 can participate in one tier of the tournament. People from level 50 to 100 can participate in another tier. But anyway... But you can't be champion of both. Right. So you have to give it up and... You know, to characters that know about what's going on, it's just like very little to explain. But Kaseo, uh, the main character, goes to explain to like his guildmates why he did that and has to come up with a reason. And it's like, that's not something I think a lot of games would like take the time to do. Because you, because like right after you finish the tournament, the plot kicks into a different gear and it. It's not something you think about, especially if you had had like three months between games. It is not yeah. something to think about, like the status of who was still the arena emperor. There's there's some other good things about that too, because it's useful to have Haseo uh, deliberate on how to respond to this situation because it's an illustration of his development as a character. Because game one, Haseo would not have given a shit and immediately given up the title to do whatever he needed to do. Yeah, but game two, Haseo like does actually like oh i'm depriving these other people of the glory of having the title because they were on my team and if i give it up they give it up too right so it's a a good use of that to establish that his character is developing over the course of these games yeah. <laughs> and, and that's just kind of one moment to that shows a lot of what this game does and the first game do well but i i mean if i went back i'd probably find like dozens of little things like that, that playing through these games, you start to just not notice it because it's like, well, this is, this is normal for this. These build on this. These are games that writing builds on themselves logically. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, always nice to see. It's a long story short. If we haven't convinced you yet, dear listener, please go buy these damn games. Please. They're very good, and they're on basically Steve, I have now. a really long playlist right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. So long as it's someday. But, yeah, someday, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Someone please. And the that. Switch ports are perfect. Um, I want. I want them to to port the stupid other games to Switch too. I am up to you. Yes. Yeah. Good luck with that. Uh, Hello. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Mind if I jump yeah. in? Not at all. Come on. Yeah, we'd have kicked you up by now. Um, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so Wheels has been playing that. Uh, Let me think what else I've been playing too. Oh yeah. Uh, went back to Triangle Strategy to try the next battle, which is extremely hard. So I'm probably gonna be stuck on that for a while because it involves running <laughs> around defusing bombs. I love magic bombs. I assume they're magic. Uh, no. Regular bombs. Mechanical bombs. Powder. Yeah. Boom. Gunfire. Gunfire. Gunfire and grenadine. Dynamite with a laser beam. <laughs> Guaranteed to blow your mind. 
Okay. Listen, the game's basically a basically another battle ripoff, so we might as well reference Queen. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's that's about it as far as RPGs so go. You got, you got to make a supersonic man out of someone to get it done in time. Yeah. Uh, don't stop me now. Uh, so yeah, that uh, triangle strategy and dot hack GU continue. Yep. Uh, let's see. Needed a break uh, from Disco. Okay. Oh, I was just going to say, I was going to start playing uh, Diablo Immortal on my tablet, but there's some kind of bug uh, on that causes tablets with my tablets or phones with my uh, brand of graphics card for the graphics not to work, so I can't have an actual. That's screen. impressive. Didn't yes. expect that. The, yeah, the, weird. hasn't that game been like banned in two or three countries because yes. of the boxes at this point? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um. Well, Spain doesn't like it, but they're working on something. And then I think it was, uh it was two other countries. Yeah. So, two countries banned. It's it. like okay, in a in a game that's all about collecting loot to fight stuff. I know. And collecting the loot is half the point of the game itself. It's a Why weird choice. Extra stuff. I don't know if that's what's in the loot boxes. I haven't even seen any loot boxes in like the people. Well, I've but seen that's what Dave it. was. Dave was saying that the other day. It's like, gee, the whole point of the game is you kill stuff and get loot. So now you pay to not have to kill stuff. It's like, well, what's no, the point? No, I'm pretty sure it's all <laughs> cosmetics and stuff. Yeah, it's even weirder. I, I, I thought the point of the loot was also to twink yourself out. Yeah. yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't even know what it is. I haven't. Like, I haven't looked at well, it yet. With something cosmetic like that, it's probably just some like some ridiculous combination that is like special image or something. Who knows? Who knows? It could be like Donald Duck's sailor suit for all we know. One of them. I mean, people would pay for that, but yes, people would pay for that, or I would pay or for one that. of the. I know you would. Or a co collection of three caballeros outfits. I would hella pay for that. Oh my god. <laughs> Speaking of TV shows that my daughters are just devouring right now, <laughs> my, my three-year-old, just turned three-year-old, is loving the Three Caballeros TV show. Awesome. I'm like, I'm not sure how you're understanding any of this, but sure. Hey, it's great. It's colorful. That's what matters. So, yes. Diablo Immortal is banned in Belgium and the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they were the first ones to go on the loot box lawsuits to begin with, weren't they? Probably. Maybe like a stricter gambling law applied? Possible. Yeah, like, so right, I'm gonna have I to don't think Spain banned it, but in a second on stream I read in what is even in those loot boxes. No, don't buy a loot box. <laughs> not, no, I'm not going to buy a loot box. I'm just going to... Alright, we're doing this right now. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. I mean, I, you know, you guys know I like Diablo, but you also know I don't really like mobile games that much, so I'm not... It's on PC. not sure. I, I know, but then I gotta download Battle.net, right? Only for another couple months. <laughs> I, saw, I saw you on Battle.net. Don't lie to me. I didn't lie. Remember? No, we went over this. Like at some point in time, it must have <laughs> linked to my Xbox ID, and that's uh -huh. how I play Diablo Two Resurrected. I think a long time ago, when I briefly liked Overwatch, I think something got linked up. But 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I still don't know uh, the password though, and I still don't want to go through their ridiculous process of resetting it. Uh, dude, right it whatever it is, it's not any different than anyone else. Probably it's my, not. It's my right as a person to You're just not engage hateful. with the upload discussion at all. And so we're moving on. <laughs> uh Let's move on. Yes, and continue on while AI fire up this game and see how awful this you stuff is. Piece of shit. Um, <laughs> see, I, I needed a break from Disco because Disco is a game that makes me think, and sometimes that's a bad thing, and I didn't want to think. Uh, me think bad. <laughs> oh, him card, read good. Um, yeah. Uh, I like not a lot of RPGs because, again, didn't feel like thinking. Uh, in honor of the death of Ray Liotta, I played some Grand Theft Auto Vice City. That's nice. an interesting thing to go back to. Uh, but yeah, also weird to think about, like just looking at the voice cast list. Like, oh, a lot of these people are dead. Like a lot, a lot. That's How different do unsettling. those games play from the original? Is it pretty much the same, or did they change like the shooting controls or something? Uh, the shooting controls are better. The uh, there's a proper like retry mission function which okay. i think just instantly makes them much more playable right uh but yeah uh in general like the controls have gotten a bit of a polish so, and they run a little better but yeah um let's see so I played some of that and a shit ton of street fighter like a lot of street fighter uh, that's that's what i've been playing uh, we'll get. I'll be. I'll be talking everyone's ear off about Street Fighter in probably about fifteen minutes. So, won't go into that. Uh, Joe, what have you been playing? Aside well, from attempting um, to play Diablo. <laughs> so the the past few weeks, um, I've been streaming Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I think I talked about that already. So um, earlier tonight, I actually beat it. The inverted castle and all that. So I'm gonna move on to something else. But that's I, I always like going back to that game. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a good one to replay. So then, uh, so there's that. Um, still playing that every Halloween. <laughs> yeah, I I was playing Bloodstained back around Halloween, and now I'm like, oh, maybe I should play that and do the randomizer again. So I, I don't. Oh, know the randomizer on that is actually really good. It's quite good. Yeah. I mean, of course, the very first seed that I tried, I couldn't beat it because the stupid uh, the katana that you mm -hmm. need did not it, it, I, I don't know I don't know where it was it must have been in the ice caverns or something but so yeah uh, that that yeah, was funny you, the very first scene make I, that not move around but I'm not sure yeah the Zangets pseudo um, yeah I think you can keep that from moving around in the settings well I think I did the full chaos settings oh that'll so. do it Right. So in the early days, they may have fixed it by now, but when the randomizer was new, that was a common thing where that would get put in the ice. There, there was a bug that that could be that could be fail a sanity check and get into the. Right. So so anyways, I, I might get back into that. I, I don't know. I'm thinking about other games I want to stream. Um, and then Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I've been talking about the past few streams. Um. And yesterday I was playing Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and I was about to do a mission, and it said, this is the last mission, you may want to tie up some loose ends. It's like, okay, so I'm I'm almost done with that game, too. Hmm. So that's good. What the fuck's that Ratchet and Clank doing with a point of no return? That feels weird. Uh, yeah. 
<sighs> Who dat? Tetra the wizard. So, okay. So we've got actually a lot of news that's happened over the past week or so. Yep. Uh, do, do we want to talk about the thing that we care about the most? Yes. Uh, first or last? First. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Roman Saga. Minstrel Song Remastered. Yeah, we knew coming, it was coming. Coming we to just, everything. Yeah, we knew it was coming eventually. We weren't sure when or where or why, but yes. Yep. The, the only question was whether it would be, like, whether it would be Minstrel Song or if it would be the Super Famicom version, but Minstrel Song is it's less It's not surprising. going to be the Super Famicom version. Wonder Swan version, then. <laughs> Even that one, no, that one, even the Wonderswan version is still incomplete and buggy and not that fun. Uh, so, but in any uh, case... There's only one version of this game that was ever going to see a, the light of day ever again, and it was the PlayStation 2 one. <laughs> but in any case, yep. Uh, how to describe this? Uh, if you don't like this, then there's probably no hope for you ever liking something. <laughs> So, okay, so I think it's better to address anyone who is scared that this is another Saga Frontier or worse, Unlimited Saga. This is a less um, confusing game. Yeah, um, so in this one, you've got like eight main characters, but the end game is identical for all of them. So um, they start on different, they start at different spots on the map. They've got different individual quests. Um, the PlayStation 2 version has some very good quest tracking subsystems to help you keep track of where, every, of where you might be wanting to go next. Hmm. Um, it does have a setup where um, different side quests are tagged to basically a experience windows, I guess is the best way to call it. Yeah, there's like a rank ranking. system that, happen, that exists in the background of most every soccer game. Yep, so, so it is quite possible to start on one end of the map and not be able to do minor quests on the other side of the map because you will not get there in time before they close out. Which is, to be clear, intentional. This, this is a feature, <laughs> not a bug, um, because a character who starts on the other side of the map from the first one will get to do some of these quests differently or earlier or at all. Mm-hmm. And um, in a few cases... Each, each playthrough different. Yep. And in a few cases, it's basically a challenge to see if you can do one or two of these major side events that um, you would not know about the first two or three times through anyway. Like the like this quest to prevent a monster called the Jewel Eater from escaping its prison. Yep. Normally, the first time you find out about this Jewel Eater, you walk into a town on the frontier and you find it sitting in the middle of what used to be the town. And there is a town there, if you get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you get there in time, there is a town actually there. It is inhabited. The people are happy. They have no idea what is about to happen. Um, and you can make sure that they don't have to worry about it. But, I mean, but you but. either have to start on the western side of the map or get there really early. And most characters can't get there early enough, so instead they find a giant, multicolored toad that has just eaten the town. Also, it's very a very tough enemy, so if you get there early, you also have to deal with the fact that it's a very strong fight. If you get there early enough, you can defeat the cultists attempting to free it 
Oh yeah. All. <laughs> Which is neat because it is one of those things where it's like most any other game, like that's just a part of the plot. But no, this is just something that happens. Yep. So, um, but yeah, so there is a central plot, oddly enough, but um, if you want to have what's the cl what would be the closest thing to a straight, normal JRPG plot experience, go with Albert, the prince, first. <laughs> because his personal plot is the most connected to the final plot. Plus, he's just a relatively easy character to start with. That too, yeah. Um, different characters have different main plots and different side things that they're in, they're supposed to be doing and things like that. <laughs> so if if we manage to get the gang back together for the whom to play um, feature for this one, and <laughs> if we somehow get Matt to agree to this again, <laughs> good luck. Let's just let's just give him Albert. Okay. So you get Albert. You you poor sad and, and fucker. We get, and we and we swear to God this time. He is, in fact, the easiest choice. <laughs> Listen, there's not every, everyone doesn't have a completely different story and gameplay style to worry about this time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, technically they do have a different first half of the game, basically, but yeah. mm. Albert's is understandable. <laughs> Albert's is understandable, and it is a logical sequence that leads into the end game. Mm. So. Then you go ham like, with someone else um, who's weirder. <laughs> it's like Claudia had her own regions, politics involved, and uh, Hawk is all about getting his command back from the pirates that usurped it. And Gray, Gray is the one that is that goes heavy into the item synthesis side. You know, just in case you yeah. wanted so to drive yourself mad. Yeah, and then uh, who else? Asha and Jamil have their own little things in the central areas. And Barbara <laughs> does not have a story. Oops. <laughs> oh, th this is intentional. She's the eighth character. Yeah, yeah. It's not like loot where they simply couldn't fit it in. So. No, she she is supposed to be the blank slate. She's also the one who starts off with the best chance of, of preventing the jewel leader from emerging. Hmm. So. She's got nothing else to be doing at that time. <laughs> yeah. She's got a really nice dance sequence at the beginning. Hmm. Yeah, I guess who was my first character in 2005 when I played this. <laughs> <laughs> and I went into it knowing that Barbara didn't have any other story to her because I had played, or I had attempted to play the Super Famicom version. <laughs> yeah, I've played a few of these. Uh, like I've got some experience, but it's been—it's been a minute. It's been a good seventeen years. Not—not not for me. No, not. I didn't. It hasn't been that long. I—I I tried some like uh, playing a while ago, and like that went some places, but not complete. And so I'm looking like it was one of those things where it's like I always wanted it to come to Switch, so or something like it. Like I just wanted it on portable. <laughs> I've been wanting to play it again, but my my PlayStation 2's been in mothballs for almost a decade. Yeah. So, yeah I'm pr I have actually plugged it in since then. I do know it does function. It's just, it still I, lives. Yeah. I just don't have um, primary usage rights of the TV most of the time. Yeah. So. Switch it is. 
Or mobile. There's also a mobile version. <laughs> she just want to play on Android for some reason. Well, I mean, uh, no smartphone, so I can't, but yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah like that, that's anyway. just for the audience in general. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Minstrel Song. That's the that's the one that's been announced. I suspect we'll probably get that uh, someone will get uh, so we will probably eventually see Saga Frontier too. And I wouldn't even be surprised if we yeah. eventually see Unlimited. But for I'm now, we're getting one of the ones people actually. Want. I just remember. I was just remembering. Kawazu said something like they had a remake, a remaster, and a new game in the works for the Saga series, and we all knew that one of those was Minstrel Song, and the other one's Saga Frontier Two. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, a new game. Yes. And yeah. if they really, really, really want to completely overhaul Unlimited Saga and make it something more playable. It's going to turn out that's what they mean by remake. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So, but Saga. I mean, oh, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was like, Saga Frontier 2 would be another fun one to revisit just because it's so different from a lot of the others. Yeah, it's a very different game. It was made by a different production company. Yeah. Company. Yeah, a different division of Square and... Uh, I know. I know I people mean, that despise every other saga who like Frontier too. So, I mean, that's part and parcel of the series. Um, there will yeah, always no, be one that you hate and one that you like. Yeah, How many people just, like I... Legend Three? Let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I'm say something about it. But yeah, sorry, Got a little lost in my own brain. Yep. Uh, yes, Romantic Sagas, Central Song coming out sometime this winter, most likely. Yeah. Hopefully in all languages at once. And we will be trying to arrange an eight person round table column again. We'll all die. It'll be great. Uh, no, I mean, the, the nice thing here is that since they all have the same end game, we just have to comment on how the get, how each character's Just talk about the first half. <laughs> yeah. Or just our initial impressions and how easy they are or not to play. Hmm. So it'll be fine. We'll be fine. Uh, uh, so that's, that's the thing that's for us and, like, four people who listen to this. Um, and then... Hey! Hear about them Pokemon? Yeah, I heard about oh, them. Yeah. Oh. You don't gotta catch them. Violet? <laughs> uh, Scarlet and Violet. Yep. Uh, four player co op. Uh, yeah. Open world. Oh. Scarlet appears to be a. I didn't hear uh, that, actually. Yeah, four player co op. But uh, Scarlet appears to be essentially themed around the past, which is why the professor has the garb of a weird professor cave lady. And Violet appears to be themed around the future, which is why the professor appears to have uh, the garb of uh, someone who's trying to cosplay Tron. Oh, cool. And I, I was I was looking up the professor's names, and so it's Sada and Turo. 
two professors, and they're based off of the Spanish words pasada and futuro. Yeah. So there's a there's a heavy heavy time theme on this thing. Sweet. Hmm. Cool. Oh, and I I really like that uh leaf cat Pokemon. I think I'll pick that one. Regatito. Quaxley for life. And of course Puecoco. Let's stay in last one, I believe. But yeah, no, it looks it looks really good. Looks like a lot of fun. Uh. Very, very excited to uh, to get into that. Of course, coming in November, like Pokemon always does. Oh, um, I'm excited. I just had not heard about the co-op. Maybe I can actually get my kids to play it. Sprigatito, a capricious, attention-seeking grass cat Pokemon. Huey yeah. Coco, a laid-back Firecroc Pokemon. And Quaxley, an earnest and tidy duckling Pokemon. And how, um, I'm just remembering how many different artworks of the cat came up with the can, uh, with a marijuana leaf on his face. Oh, marijuana man. leaf, yeah. or just a, or sometimes it's just yeah. smoking a big joint. Uh. Oh, no, one of my favorite ones was a trainer with all feline Pokemon, all the small ones, mm -hmm. with by characteristics, and it was like, yeah, Sprigatito, the dealer. <laughs> yeah, fair. Okay. Yeah, so it is saying uh, multiplayer gameplay for up to four players. Yep. Multiplayer exploration of various locations of the region in these games. Well, that's going to be a good time. Yes, Excited. I'm ready. Except I'm not ready because I have a million games to finish before then. You will never be ready. Uh, Including the Xenoblade okay. Chronicles 3. Yeah. Okay, Speaking of weedy felines, just randomly search here. It's like, okay, when Sprigatito needs and rubs its forepaws like cats do, a sweet aroma is released that can mesmerize those around it. It has therapeutic <laughs> qualities that makes opponents lose their will to battle. And it's like, okay, oh, Sprigatito de-escalates conflict by making its opponents too high to give a, di give a shit. <laughs> yeah, That's something awesome. like that. Nice. <laughs> Let's see. Um... But yeah, so that looks great. But like you know, it's it. I I appreciate the concept of, uh, or I should say, I'm very fascinated by the concept of different Pokemon professors depending upon which version that you got. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And yeah, like I'll be interested to see. Like I'd be shocked if there isn't at least one city that's basically com like completely future, or completely past, based on which version you got. So. That's going to be fun. Really super futuristic and super traditional. Yeah, something like that. But uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was that, like, they keep emphasizing, like, there's not seemingly a prescribed order you have to do, like, the gyms in. So they're really emphasizing, like, you know, explore, go your own, uh, go at your own pace, that sort of thing. So that'll be very interesting to see. Uh, how the game modulates the gym or whatever the replacement is difficulty based on how presumably on how many badges you already have. Yeah. Just wait and see. They're going to be borrowing the battle rank system from Romance and Saga. <laughs> Finally. Because that would actually work. <laughs> that would actually uh, a variation of that would actually do what they need for just allowing you to take the gyms in any order. 
Yeah. The and the last big thing that produced news this week. There was finally a state of play where something fucking happened. I didn't even know mm. it was happening. And yeah, they announced, a, <laughs> they announced really it. They announced it a few. They announced it a few days ago. Resident Evil 4 remake coming out uh, March 24th, 2023. Uh, that looks very pretty. Uh, Resident Evil Village VR for PSVR 2 announced. PSVR 2 release date still not announced. That sounds horrifying. Uh, I'm into yeah. it. That's what will sell me a PSVR 2. I am not ashamed. Uh, let's see, PSVR 2. Um... Oh, wait. A release date on the updates for 2, 3, and 7 with the ray tracing support? Did they did ever announce that? Did no, they announce I'm, that? I'm I don't think they did. There was. No, they no, didn't. I don't okay. Think so. Okay. They also haven't said anything about when the RE Village DLC that was announced last year is coming out. So. Yeah. Is that still going to be free? Uh, beats my Parajax. We'll, okay. If we're going to hear about it this year, we'll probably hear about it at Summer Games Fest. But um, let's see. Oh, and um, did you guys watch the trailer for Sonic Frontiers? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Looks fun. I I thought it looked cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea of open world Sonic because I like the idea of just oh, there's a reason to run real fast across things, and I can get used to running yeah. real fast across yeah. things. Yeah, it could be wonderful yep. actually. <laughs> so, yeah, it's gotten a pretty divisive reception, but I think it looks good. Um. But yeah. Uh, they show uh, FF16 got a release date slash trailer. Well, a release date. It's coming summer of next year. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. So you, you said Final Fantasy 16, and I dozed off. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, I'm the I, one I that's going to be exaggerated lately. That's going to get delayed, probably, right? Don't they all get delayed? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think that it's going to get delayed from this point, because it's seemingly content-locked at this point. So it's, yeah. I did, however, like, I, I felt mind numb when I saw someone be like, oh, it's content locked and they're polishing it. That's, that doesn't happen for games. That happens for every fucking game you've ever played. <laughs> like, that's just, that's just part of the dev process. Like, I'll put it this way. Mass Effect 2 back in, back a year before it came out was also content locked and in the polish phase. You could play it from start to finish because that's part of the, like, milestones of any major developer. I think it was possible to make a game that looks more boring than the story in Realm Reborn. <laughs> it is mostly from the Realm Reborn in Heaven 14 by all accounts. Um, so yeah, did you did you watch the trailer, Wheels, or...? I cannot muster the interest. <laughs> I watched it, and I, I know a lot of people were really hype about it. It looked so very boring to me. Uh, yeah. Part of it is the art direction. I don't, I don't care for it. It's, it's, I can't even say blows. It's just really boring. It's competently put together, but it like what it's attempting to do bores me. Boring. What it's attempting to do bores me. Uh, I'm perturbed because the way they're talking, it sounds like there aren't party members. Because they like the 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 
verbiage used is talking about how like oh the protagonist can change between all these different weapons and it's got like a pseudo devil may cry style combat system i don't really trust this team to pull off yes i know a dmc5 uh designer is on it no that doesn't mean that this team knows how to make that kind of game yeah uh but you know stranger things have happened we'll see it's it's still like as a huge devil may cry mark it's it's not the kind of combat system I really want in a mainline FF game. Like, you can talk about, like, oh, FF7 Remake was all about the action combat. It's like, that is not pure action combat. It's nothing like it. That is uh, Final Fantasy VII's combat in real time. That's what that is. Like, it's it's extremely, much. like, tailored to already, it, to, to, like, actual, like, strategic decisions. And this looks very twitchy. Yeah. And like I like Twitchy, but it's it's not really what I want from FF. And I, I can I can tell you what my problem with this game mm-hmm. is pretty mm-hmm. distinctly. Like what I've always mm-hmm. liked about Final Fantasy is it's often weird and it's very like art artsy and stylish and cool. And this game it, it goes against the grain in terms of style. This game looks like a generic fantasy action RPG. It really does feel like they internalized too much of current modern fantasy trends when deciding how to go about its style. Mm -hmm. And that makes it boring. Like, uh... Like... (laughs) I don't know how you could make something like, um... Strangers and... Was it Stranger Stranger of Paradise? I always screw up the name. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's just weird and cool, and then make generic poop. For your gear 16th mainline entry. I mean, Stranger of Paradise had the benefit of, like, once you dig in, drill into that game, it is a celebration of Final Fantasy from start to finish, and therefore takes inspiration from all of the weird settings that they've had before. But yeah, like, th- this feels like they're very much tre- treading on the, treading within the grounds of the people who really want Final Fantasy to be very specifically high fantasy, they're getting their game. And I'm glad for them. They're not me. Like, like for me, this is very, very boring. <laughs> oh, oh, and the other thing, I, I wanted to bring this up because this is like a personal bugbear of mine. We are on like year 18 or game about five of Final Fantasy games that have as a centralizing plot element the doings, the, the general doings of summon beasts being the catalyzing element that draws action to occur. And I hate it. <laughs> I was I was getting sick of it before and like I I like I'm not huge on the idea. Like there's a big part of the trailer where it's just like here's all the summons. Like here's Rama and Shiva and Ifrit and all of these things and it's like these are good icons. They are not interesting plot in and of themselves. You cannot just throw them at the screen and expect me to get excited. They're just images. They're dudes. They like they they mean nothing to me other than it's Final Fantasy, baby, and they're still here. But they're all sort of like thrust at the screen, and then like their names appear in like giant bold letters, and it's like who cares? I I expected them to be here. I would have been confused if they weren't. <laughs> And like, but like, as the linchpin of your plot, I don't care. It keeps ha- it keeps being like, oh, the the fucking summon beasts are like they're doing their shit, and it's ruining things for humans. So humans have to like 
be strung along by summon beast bullshit, and it keeps happening, and I'm fucking sick of that. Okay. I'm sorry, sorry. I just I needed to get that off my chest because we've been we've been having some variant of the gods sure are fucking us over plotline since FF12, and that was 18 years ago, as of when this game comes out. So yeah, please, I, I, like that's another thing that makes FF7 remake feel like a breath of fresh air at this point because it's just. Like, even if it's, like, doing its own plot, it is still using the baseline elements of the things that, like, when you finish FF... I'm just, I'm just gonna throw it out there. When you finish FF7 Remake Part 1, anything that is, like, essentially an agent of God trying to stop you from doing anything is kaput. Yep. Yay. I just thank God that there will be a Final Fantasy game for me, at the very least. Well, but, well, they are working on part two. We know that. So. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's in the background. They're not going to show much about part two until no. uh, FF16 is out because they don't want one to undercut the other. Yeah. But, and did you know they're uh, supposedly working on Dragon Quest Twelve? Oh, yeah. They, they announced yeah, they that announced about that. A, a year ago. <laughs> I'm just finding out about it, so... Mm -hmm. I just went to yeah. a website. Uh, it's IGN just has a whole list of everything Square Enix is working on. Yeah, yeah. DQ12 got announced at like this big like DQ showcase that also announced Dragon Quest Treasures, which we still haven't heard much about, and Dragon yeah. Quest 3 HD 2D. And, uh, but yeah. <sighs> but yeah, so... That's... Uh, that's, you know, that, that's not for me. What was for me is something that I'll talk about that's not an RPG, but is much more for me, because it's Street Fighter Six. Okay, I'm going to interrupt you right there. What's that? To talk about an mm -hmm. RPG in Diablo Immortal. Because I can report oh, the fuck. on the lack of <laughs> no, loot boxes now. Congrats. There are no loot boxes. I'm there sure there are loot boxes in there somewhere, nope. but... No loot boxes. Did you take them out, or...? There are no loot boxes here. There are okay, cool. there are randomized daily rewards, but you cannot purchase them. The only thing purchasables the only purchasables appear to be cosmetics and other random thingies. Let me find out this because it is really something that has been reported boxes. on. Well, I was just reading an article, it's basically saying that it can be pay to win towards the end you game. Pay for crest. Yeah. Pick up Gem add-ons with varying degrees of power. And there's a battle pass type thing that's $5 per month. Yeah, if that's we get more, more normal. Every, but... every free, free to play right. game does that. And it's... Okay. But yeah, there's there's some weird thing that's like, it's obfuscated via like crests and gems and shit, apparently. Yeah, uh, so I, I was just looking at it. It's like there's a whole bunch of, uh, you know, probably four or five different in-game currencies and then there's uh, one in-game current there's one currency or, or maybe it's I don't, like he was saying gems crests orbs all this other shit but then but there's, there's i guess currency, there's an dude I'm i guess there's an item a two maybe two i don't know don't care there's um i was just reading there's like an there are these like rifts you go to to get the really high-end loot and there's an item you buy that increases your drop rate on rare items or something. Nightmarish. Um, 
But yeah, attempting to discuss Diablo in front of me is visiting violence upon my psyche, so I will not accept this. Um, just, yes, the so the traditional idea of loot box is not here. That's what I'm saying. In any case. The other, Free Fighter 6. Other no, stupid we're talking monetary about monetizing stuff is here, but it's not really super serious. So, okay, I'm going to stop gonna, playing We're not going to play now. Diablo Immortal anyways. <laughs> Street Fighter 6. Street Fighter 6. Street Fighter 6. They showed it. They showed it. It's in the Resident Evil engine. It has a weird-ass single-player mode. Does it have Relenta? Does anyone see this? Uh, we have not yeah. seen him yet, but uh, we have seen some weird Final Fight characters like Damned. Remember Damned? Ever seen Damned? No. No. He was the boss of level one of Final Fight. <laughs> and he's just, I don't think he's a fighter, but he's in the single player mode because the single player mode is an open world game. What? Okay. I'm going to keep yeah. answering no to every single question here because I have no idea what any of these games are and I've never played any of them. So, okay. No. Okay. Okay. Sure. Go ahead. No, no. Yeah. But. Street Fighter Six. Gotta talk about this. Uh, uh-huh. Fighting yeah, Ground, have... World Tour, and Battle Hub. Yeah, so Ooh. Battle Hub is like your basic like uh, we're gonna get in a lounge and fight each other over and over. Uh, fighting Ground, as far as I can tell, was just like, hey, you're you're fighting. World Tour, a callback to the name of the single player mode of Street Fighter Alpha Three, is a 3D open world game. What? Uh, you run around as seemingly a customizable character. They were very careful to never show your character's face. He's always in a hoodie in that mode. But yeah, you're you're running around like there's environmental exploration. The the area is labeled Metro City, but it's clearly just like New York. There's like a you see like this Times Square looking place, except that it has like giant posters of Hugo from Street Fighter Three slash Final Fight One, I and it's just labeled Hugo. Giant Attack. I yeah, but he's not playable. Hero. He's just a Good. he's just an ad. Good, <laughs> but yeah, uh, they showed four characters. Uh, oh, it's showed... um, going to be on Xbox. Yeah, it's coming to everything that can handle it. So, PS4, PS5, Xbox Series, presumably Xbox One and Steam. So, yeah, uh, that's it. It looks really neat, actually. Just like it is weird to see a fighting game do this something this wild with its story mode again. Uh, like that, that went the way of the Dodo a long time ago, and Street Fighter never partook in it. But yeah, so we've got uh, four characters shown: Ryu and Chun Li, and uh, uh, Ryu is like based off of his like bearded outfit from Street Fighter Five, but he's got kind of like a cape thing going on. It's kind of cool looking. Uh, and then we've got Luke and a new character. Uh, I forget what his name is, but yeah, like they, they look fun. Uh, they have this remarkably complicated sound, <laughs> like not that remarkably complicated, but there's a, there's a new meter called drive meter. And basically how yeah, that there's works. There's like five different things you can do with it now. Right, yeah. It, basically you can use all of the defensive options from higher. No, you can, that's not even street fighter. Um, <laughs> Take you for the okay, so like you can use all the defensive options from prior Street Fighter games, but they rely on that drive meter, which recharges automatically over time. And it's honestly pretty interesting because you've got like one of them is called like drive impact, and it's basically the focus attack from Street Fighter 4, but because that's a less useful offensive and defensive option in the 
uh, in a universe where you also have Drive Parry, which is a Street Fighter Three Parry, uh, the way that uh, the uh, Drive uh, impact is differentiated is that if you get an opponent up against the wall and use the Drive impact on them, even if they block it, they get a you get a wall bounce and they're opened up for a combo. So uh, avoid the corner. Uh, but yeah, there's also Drive Parry, which has a longer window than a proper Street Fighter Three Parry, but uh, it costs more Drive Meter the longer that you're holding it, so uh, you better have a decent idea of whether your opponent's about to attack, or you can be put into Burnout State, which is what happens when you run out of Drive Meter. Being put in Burnout State is bad because it's the only way to get a stun. So, like, a lot of interesting changes have been made to how the fighting system works, but they're all pretty interesting sounding and require, like, keeping track of this new drive meter to to work properly. It, it looks really, it looks really cool. Um, cool. They've also added a simplified control scheme. I'm not sure how viable that will be because it actually cuts out half of your uh, attack buttons. You have a light, medium, heavy uh, attack, but not uh, distinct punches and kicks. You just have light, medium, and heavy attack. And the game will, presumably based on context, throw out a different light, medium, or heavy, which gives you a lot less uh, control. But, you know, maybe some people want that. And it also means that you can just throw out special moves by just hitting the triangle button. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It looks really, it looks really cool, really ambitious, and it comes out next year. Like almost everything that was shown in State of Play, this was State of Play in uh, June of 2022 that had essentially nothing to tell you about anything coming out in 2022. So that's a bit of a shame. But weird. Uh, except except yeah. for the indie games, but yeah. So it's a new guy named Jamie. He looks. Yeah, Jamie um, is the one I was trying to remember. Yeah. So is it like? It almost shows him like swigging alcohol, which made me think drunken boxing. But then the way he moves is more like um, break dancing or something. He's got, I don't he's know. got something. His, he's got a move set that's somewhere between like the the wild leg swinging of Eddie Gordo in Tekken. Yeah, but he also has some moves that are very reminiscent of the twins from Street Fighter Three. Yes, Yang. you're right. Okay. So, but yeah, it looks it looks it looks really fucking cool. <laughs> It does look cool, because I, I was like determined to not like it, or determined to wait the two to three years to get the inevitable arcade edition, but now I'm like, eh, I guess I'll probably get it when it comes out. If nothing, else, it looks like it has a, it, if nothing else, it looks like it has a meaty enough single-player mode. Yeah. Which, you know, again, yeah, not... showed the guy in the hoodie walking around... Uh, yeah, climbing ladders and punching boxes and shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. that looked cool. And and then no, then at one point he's fighting a bunch of people with paper bags on their heads, which I thought was odd. But okay, <laughs> that's that's very Metro City though. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if Guy will come back then. We might. I would be interested. It, it's a real question of like uh, who we would uh, like. Because one of the things that's going to be advantageous about this kind of single-player mode is that it allows them to put in a lot of characters that they don't have to make playable. Right. Because that's why you can see characters like Damned in the uh, in the trailer, because it's like, oh, 
you can just put him in there and reference this like deep well of like ridiculous looking characters that no one actually necessarily wants to play again, but some some people would probably want to see them again. So yeah. but yeah. And then of course, uh but yeah, no, it it looks cool. And I was like one of the things I was worried about after SF five had a chillier reception than SF four is that they would retreat back to uh, SF4's like uh, primary uh, way of selling itself, which was Street Fighter 2 nostalgia. And thankfully, they have not gone in that direction. This looks like a very... They're, they're certainly uh, forging a specific new identity for this. Yeah, I didn't like 4, so... I wasn't four. a fan either. But yeah, <laughs> this, uh, this, this was really cool, and... I don't know. That's that single player mode will probably have some RPG elements to it. So, because World Tour mode and Alpha Three had RPG elements, so it counts, baby. <laughs> but yeah, just just wanted to talk about that because it looks really yeah. cool. I'm playing the Trinity Trigo demo now. <laughs> well, that's it's better than you good. talking about Diablo again. Um, <laughs> does my right as a person stop you? <laughs> very good it's definitely it, uh, it's exactly like you described guys and it feels like modernized secret of mana mm-hmm. i like this a lot and there is no sign of actual magic attacks yet um there is a special attack that you can use with the x button or on switch if you have a your weapon glowing but i'm wondering if how they're gonna be adding in magic if they do sure I like how it even has ring menus. Yep. This uh, this does transition uh, fairly cleanly into Fireminer's question list because uh, there was a question that uh, was brought up last week, which was about what Capcom IPs were like most unlikely to be resurrected. And I remember saying that that wasn't on the list, and who gives a shit? But. Uh, <laughs> One of the thing, things I remember saying is, if I could see any of these coming back, it's Final Fight because, like, there's, there's, I could see someone having an ambition to do that, and the world tour mode of Street Fighter Six sort of looks like what would happen if someone was like, well, we could sort of do like a 3D Final Fight-ish construction in Street Fighter. Yeah. So, score one for me. It makes sense. Yeah. You got all those characters in the game anyway. So, yep, those are all canon. I can't wait to see. Uh, can't wait to see Mayor Cody on the background of a TV or some shit. So, does this mean the return of, uh, or, or rather, does this mean Mike Hager finally getting into a Street Fighter game? No, it means they better fucking put Rolento in this game. <laughs> I was just gonna cry. Angry. Uh, Angry. <laughs> Angry tears. Uh, but, I thought yeah. Rolento was like a South American socialist dictator. I don't care. I just want him in the <laughs> fucking game. <laughs> I feel like I should also point out he was a boss in Final Fight 1. Uh, I want that spinny, the spinny stick and I want that finisher where he like strings you up on a steel cable or something. Wheels yeah. is developing a complex. I played a uh, lot of Street Fighter Alpha back in the day. You have no idea. Warrior's Dream? Well, Street Fighter Alpha 2 and 3. 
<laughs> okay, that's better anyway. Very little one. No one played a lot of one. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of a proof of concept. But uh But yeah, like that was that was something that <sighs> Oh man. That, that that made me happy to look at. Like that game looks really fucking cool. Um and yeah, again, I, I suspect that a lot of characters that uh that will not be playable will show up as like I don't know. You'll see them in like fighting around, like around the city, or in a gym, or some shit. Uh, how likely? Okay, so getting to Fireminer's big old list of questions uh, from following on from that Capcom question last week. More importantly, how likely is it that Capcom will release a definitive edition of RE3 Remake and fix all the problems? You can tell when this uh, question was composed because that seemed like a relevant question. The answer, as was shown by time, is never. <laughs> What's the problem with the uh, remake? Uh, it's mostly just kind of boring. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what issues in specific he was referring it's, it's to. Not true to the original, though. It's true to the original, but this was their chance to fix it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like so. I feel like I, I, I can't, I could not. Like the the thing people complained about was mostly like it was missing uh, certain areas that existed in the original. But I don't honestly think there's any way to. Uh, insert those into the remake in a way that would make sense. So, yeah, that, that was probably just not going to happen. Yeah, um, I would say the, the RE3 remake was like... It was a good action game, you know, but it wasn't a good... It like, a it, as a standalone action game, it was fine. Yeah, so like... I think I, I played it right after playing a really long RPG, and it was refreshing at that time. It, it was, was a perfect like, like five hour like taster right. to get to play something after something very long and involved. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think I played and, it right after then, like FF Seven remake. <laughs> yeah. So, but then I think what a lot of people don't, well, well, maybe don't know is that um, if you can beat it on hardcore, then you unlock uh, the next difficulty, which rearranges the game. So there's different enemies and different item locations. Mm-hmm. And stuff. So I'm not well, sure if a lot of people ever played that, it on Inferno, but it's worth playing it. more RE3 remake. It's only like yeah. three hours long if you know how to do it, yeah. which is yeah. why some people no, do it. I, I was able to speedrun it in like 90 minutes, I think. Um, yeah, it is not a long game. Even by it, it's a good speedrunning game, I'd say. But yeah, <laughs> but but keep in mind though, I didn't like the original Resident Evil Three very much. I thought Nemesis practically ruined the game. Really? Yeah. It's just never yeah. been that strong of a game. Like it, it feels like an expansion pack because it kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, let's see, and another one that uh, sadly. Uh, resolved uh, by time by saying that it's not by making it clear that it's not happening because if they were going to do it, they do it before RE4 remake. To get around to both uh, remaking both Code Veronica and Zero, what would you like to change? I would like Zero to be good. Um, that game is not good. Like the way I would describe it is, it's the RE3 to RE1 remakes RE2. <laughs> Like, it's like, oh, this feels like an expansion pack and not a terribly well thought out one. Like, if if you wanted me to, like, make some quick fixes to RE0, like, their, their big, one of their big emphases was on being able to drop items and pick them back up. 
So that was a big complaint about that people had over the old games. Why can't I just drop the thing that I'm holding and pick up the thing that I'm looking for that bothers me? Blah, 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 blah. Problem. They didn't give you a place to put anything. And you still <laughs> only have 12 item slots. So what uh. inevitably ends up happening is every time you reach a new area, you make the, a giant pile of junk in the middle of it. Yes. And then badly attempt to pick up what you're actually looking for. For like okay. ten minutes, every time you go, you come back to it. It's like, oh god damn it! I need ammo now, but it's right next to this key, and he keeps trying to pick up the goddamn key. God damn it! Yep, that's and that's then, the re zero experience. <laughs> I used to try to put all the items into like that main hall, but then yep. they only let you drop a certain number. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> like a presumably a programming limitation that like only so much can <laughs> occupy the same area. So, thing with RE Zeros, I remember really liking it on GameCube when it was new, and because it was like the first Resident Evil game that I actually owned and that I played through mm. multiple times. But I've I've spent multiple attempts on PS4 to do the remaster, and I just can't get through it. I just can't. Yeah, do it. it's it's just it's just not interesting enough of a game. Uh, some other some other like big issues that like could presumably be fixed in a remake. Uh, like so, yeah. First thing I would do in a remake, just add item boxes. I don't give a shit. Just put them in there. Um, <laughs> like you could still leave in dropping things as like a desperation move. Of, like I, I just really need space because I need this thing right in front of me, and I'm ready to part with what I have. That's an acceptable. Like that is a question you leave the player with that gives them something. But if you just put in item boxes, put in something I can put things in that will move from place to place. Because that's the other thing the game loves doing is it will it like forces you to go past a point of no return with only whatever you're holding. And it will, in order mm. to get past the point of no return, you'll have to hold like this hookshot thing, this like grapple gun thing that it calls a hookshot for some reason. Uh, you, you'll get like this grapple gun thing that takes up two of your 12 inventory spaces. Yeah. And it just makes you want to scream at the game, fuck off, fuck you. Um, but, you know, it, it just, it's, it's doing that and it's like, I get why you do that because it's like designed to make the player make hard choices in a game that is already making them feel pressure. Problem, it's not. It crosses the Rubicon. It is too difficult of a decision. It becomes irritating yeah. because you will have to leave weapons behind. Normally, you just leave ammo behind or some other shit that, like, I just can't get at that or whatever. It's too dangerous to get. Whatever. That's a normal, easy calculus. If you have to leave behind a weapon, the player is just going to be pissed. Um, and all the be like all the best weapons except for like the magnum take up two slots, which makes it even worse. It's like you're gonna have to leave behind a shotgun eventually, or a grenade launcher, or something, because the game just put you in that untenable position. Yeah. And that's like w when you get pissed off at a horror game, you no longer care. Uh, it's it's no longer possible for it to scare you because a much more visceral emotion uh, to feel at a video game is happening right now. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that would be that would be the big one is like completely overhaul the inventory system. That, that would probably be necessary in a remake anyway. Uh, actual two-player co-op that's that seems like a no-brainer if they were going to actually do a remake. It would be the distinguishing feature that distinguishes it from all the other remakes. It would give it a sense of identity in the modern RE paradigm. No-brainer, just do that. Um, the other Have thing. You guys, um, did you guys ever play Heaven Dust? Nope. Don't even know what it's it is. A relatively new. Uh, so two year, it, 2020 it came out. No, mm -hmm. I'm, I just noticed it's on sale on the 
eShop for like four oh bucks, yeah but... sorry I, I can't speak for whether right. it's yeah it's you know what it is heaven dust is a direct like resident evil ripoff it's mm. like um overhead view so it kind of feels kind of like a twin stick shooter but no i i played through it once on the xbox and it was actually i thought it was worth playing once for its incredibly low price tag but no i just happened to notice it was on sale that's all and it's and and no but if you look at the a picture of it you can clearly see the protagonist looks like chris redfield and there's a (laughs) um tyrant looking fellow in the background (laughs) yeah so it's called heaven dust yeah, I thought it was neat. Maybe a little. Maybe it doesn't sound generic at all. No. What what indie game doesn't at this point? It's just there's so many there's so many of them that like unless the game sticks out to you already like enough to remember the name, at which point it won't feel generic. Yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, the other thing I was gonna say what for RE Zero if I were remaking it, overhaul the creature design. The creature design in that game sucks. Um. Oh, those goddamn leech guys that you got to kill with the Molotov cocktails. Yeah, oh. th- those I could see. With there's the a way to arms. make. Yeah, oh. there's a way to make those work. Uh, but everything else in that game sucks because it's just what if a zombie animal? What kind of animal? Doesn't matter. Just here's an animal. Here's a oh yeah, frog. The, the goddamn monkeys. Oh. Yeah, here's a here's a monkey. Here's a whatever. It's just like no, the, the creature design here sucks. Get a better one. With a monkey. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Oh, God. Uh, so, in any case, yeah, th- those would be my like two immediate overhauls in an RE0 remake. Uh, I guess three, but whatever. Uh, for Code Veronica, like, that's going to need a huge drawing board. Uh, to, like, not because I think I, it's bad, but because yeah. it's it's got some I stuff where it's like, one. it's really no. fucking hard. That's one thing. Uh, to, to put it to put to put to words a theory i've had for many years uh playing a redfield in a resident evil game is hard mode and that is a resident evil game with nothing but redfields uh, <laughs> but yeah um like probably just make the zapping system less cruel because like the the gimmick of code of resident evil 2 uh codified as zapping was the idea that like you play through the game once as one character and resources that they took would not be available for the other character when you played their uh, when you loaded your save into their game, and it would get harder. And it was already the harder version of the game. So like you, the second you you were you understood the game well enough that like you weren't going to get frustrated, but it was going to be harder to do this harder second scenario. And you had to actually maybe think about well, does this character really need the bonuses, or can I just leave this item behind for the other character? Uh, Resident Evil Code Veronica is that, except it's all one game, and it's way fucking harder, because you need to leave behind a lot for Chris, or else uh, his already way harder section of the game uh, is going to be... uh, The amount of stuff that is... uh, that needs to be transferred is much worse, so... That one's one's a big pain in the ass. Yeah. I didn't like... um, I didn't like those spots where you have to put all of your items into like a box to pass through a door and that's a that's a big gimmick throughout the first like three hours of the game i know i but yeah like that that that's that's obnoxious they would probably simplify that just because the gameplay is faster and more visceral now uh but yeah like that that's that's obnoxious that's got to be toned down but the, the the other thing of course is 
Essentially everything to do with Alfred and Alexia Ashford has to be fairly extensively rewritten to avoid being honestly probably pretty offensive. So, uh, which is probably at least part of why they skipped remaking it entirely. But uh, yeah, yeah, like uh, you know, the, those those would be the obvious things. I think Code Veronica is a stronger base. There's a lot of honestly really neat things in it, but it's also something that you would have to look at uh you would you would not be remaking it in the sense of looking at how it was structured and putting it back together in a similar fashion but with new ideas you would be taking its constituent parts and sewing them together entirely differently but yeah that that would be my thought process on that yeah uh Gonna quickly run through these Resident Evil questions because I think me and Joe are the only ones who have things yeah. to say. Well, <laughs> did you like um, Revelations? Because I, I yeah, thought I that one good. was good. But then yeah. I I tried to play Revelations two recently because I still have a PS4 copy for some reason, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is god awful. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's god awful, but it is one of those things where it's like I, for- there's something that feels like it's missing to me. And I'm not sure. Right, like raid mode is good, but like I was trying to play through one of the later chapters with Barry and the little girl who has to point mm. to the invisible enemies. I'm like, oh fuck this, I can't play this. <laughs> that's that's obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, so what was the, what's the next question? The next one was one more about uh, Resident Evil Zero, so we'll hit that. He seems to like it better than I do. Can we talk about how beautifully designed RE Zero is. It feels to me like the pinnacle of the age of pre-rendered backgrounds and ambient noise. Uh, I would honestly say RE1 Re- Remake is probably that, but fair. Uh, like, it's it's a gorgeous game, uh, regardless yeah, no, of any no other... No complaints about graphics it. at all, and it was cutting edge yeah. when it came out, yeah. Extremely cutting edge then, looks still amazing now. It's got, like, the, the benefit of doing these kinds of pre-rendered backgrounds that, like, you have everything is under control of the uh, artist designing it. Like, everything looks exactly how they want it to at any given moment. And so, and, and because of the, the fact that they're 2D pre-renders, they're always seen from exactly the angle they're supposed to be. They always look right. And that's, you know, an incredibly powerful tool for creating ambiance. It's why, it's also why a lot of PS1 RPGs have, like, really iconic backgrounds. It's like, mm-hmm. it's only ever seen from one direction. It's only ever seen exactly how it's supposed to be seen. Sorry, was I interrupting? Sounded like someone. No, I don't think so. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, uh, I miss I miss pre-rendered backgrounds. I think that they should come back into fashion, at least for indie titles, especially because it's like one of those things where. uh, Yeah, I find that those are the only um, PS1 games that I really find playable by today's standards. The, like, yeah, like the, the old 3D was, did not yeah. age well. No. Yeah. No. The PS1 is so, not really strong enough to do full 3D worlds in a way that's, use, that's usefully convincing. Um, yeah. So. Okay. That said, how many games with ambient soundtracks have managed to top Quake's Trent Reznor? Well, I mean, good luck topping Trent Reznor in most things. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> He's Seriously. awesome. Like, I, I mean, I'm not going to hold, like, uh, any any given composer uh, take any given composer to task for not being up to the to the guy who did Pretty Hate Machine. So yeah, uh, but yeah, um, I, I could not immediately think of an 
ambiance soundtrack that I would put hold in higher esteem. So I'm not even really gonna try. Uh, did you guys previously do questions one through five on this? Yeah, yeah, that we did that last week. If there was one you wanted to go back to, we can. It's like, oh, what was... actually, I don't even remember what the first emulator I was was that I used. So yeah, I was, was I was like wondering. What that would be. I just like saying Nesticol. Of course you do. Actually, it may have been actually. <laughs> it was very common. Um, I think like my first one was um, the Super Nintendo one, um, SNES uh, 9X or whatever the heck it is. Uh, I used ZSNES first. But... Yeah, that, that, that was the, those were the two old school Super Nintendo emulators of choice: SNES 9X and uh, ZSNES. Go if you ever want to hurt yourself. I think I mentioned this last week, but if you ever want to hurt yourself, go uh, go to YouTube and look up uh, versions of uh, ZSNES uh, running old Super Nintendo RPGs. But they're like really old versions of ZSNES that can't emulate anything properly, so they all look and sound horrible. Yeah, all the layering issues. Ooh-y. Not not just layering issues. Like all of the music is completely fucked. So if Ooh. you ever want to hear yeah. what it would sound like, if is, Chrono Trigger sounded like hadn't... ass. Because they hadn't yeah. tracked all of the chipsets properly. Yeah, they they had not worked out how the SPC seven hundred should be emulated at that point. Yeah, I remember having yeah. all sorts of issues with uh, Final Fantasy five. Always. Oh yeah, there's there's a bunch the of old guides because of layering there's, issues. Yeah, there's a bunch of old guides that'll tell you like hit this button on the emulator to disable layers. Yeah, <laughs> that really that really is up a time. Uh, yeah, for I, me I remember it was, playing Terranigma and having yeah. to turn off certain layers because area any area with ambient sandstorm was impossible to see. Oh yeah, I would imagine that's flat sheet. <laughs> yep. yep. I was so yeah, happy I used, when I realized um, just pressing numbers at the top would take out layers. Very fun. So I want to say, I was uh, I was in college when I first started playing with emulators, so that would have been two thousand five. I think so, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I had SNES 9X, and then I think I had Nestopia for NES games. Lots of a time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I do remember trying to play Chrono Trigger, Breath of Fire 2, a um, bunch of other games, yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I had a decent computer at the time, though, so I don't remember having too many issues. Yeah, but, but like the, the really old versions of, like, uh, ZSNES and Nesticle are late 90s, early aughts, so by 05, the, the big kinks had been worked out. Yeah, oh, but then I remember um, Project 64. Oh, that, and... like, N64 emulation only became usable like I a know. year or so ago. <laughs> right, it, no, it was horrible. <laughs> Just like uh, Sega Saturn emulation. Yeah, there's, yeah. Been, there's been real strides in the Saturn and N64, which has no, been nice. I can play Saturn games on my tablet. You can play Panther Dragoon Saga, like, fine. Almost perfectly, yeah. Yeah. It's great. Everyone play Die Hard Arcade. The game fucking rocks. Yeah. I know. That was one of my favorite <laughs> games ever. No, we went to... Oh, I remember I was a kid, though, and I I remember saying, telling my mom, I want Die Hard Arcade. She's like, yeah, sure, whatever. So we go to Toys R Us, and I'm asking about it, and the people working there were morons, and they're like, oh, you mean Die Hard Trilogy? I'm like, no. Oh, no. Die Hard Arcade. Die Hard Arcade, and... The per- person at the stores are arguing with me. My mom's like, are you sure? Are you sure? Well, you know, and it was like, no, Die Hard Arcade. 
It is a Saturn. And I got it though. I eventually got it for 50, 60 bucks and I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. If you've never, if you've never checked it out, there is a PS2 uh, update of that, that uh, emulates beautifully. That has a whole bunch of weird new modes uh, called it's like Sega ages dynamite Deca. And who boy, that's a good time. We were talking about that a few weeks ago. Yeah. 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 Uh, I couldn't get a working ROM of that, though. I have one floating around if I can help you later. Um, Okay. Thanks. But yeah. uh, And Fireminer had a lot of uh, horror game questions, so this is. I've got a lot to. I've got a lot to meal on. Wait, hold on. Is somebody. Is someone working on a new Silent Hill? Isn't it the. Is it the guys who did Until Dawn? There have been rumors about like five different companies doing that, and I don't put store in any of them because like Uh, Silent Hill fans are the biggest marks on the planet. (laughs) And will like if someone whispers the concept of this this company, they're making Silent Hill. Like those people will go will be all over it like ugly on an ape. Absolute nightmares. But yeah, honestly. I remember that. PT didn't go anywhere. Yeah, that got canceled because of disputes between Kojima and uh, Konami and all that. Like uh, the the Silent Hill mindset should absolutely be the pet cemetery mindset of sometimes dead is better. Um, <laughs> Bloober yeah. team, Bloober yeah, team. That, that was the Blair Witch team, but the Until Dawn but... team has also been rumored in the past. But the medium was a pretty good game from hmm. Bloober. Hmm. Yeah. Bloober uh, team so does yeah. sound like an, a made up studio name. I, I feel like I it does. Bro, just don't <laughs> no, forget so, it's it's Konami. Okay. Just keep that in right. mind. Oh, no, no. There's probably, um, I'm sure there's going to be a new Silent Hill, you know, Pachinko machine, right? No, don't I'm worry. They keep making this... Silent Hill skateboard decks. Yeah. What, whatever this project <laughs> is could die horribly. So don't. Don't expect yeah. much. Oh, yeah, I, I'm I not even honestly, a fan of Silent Hill. <laughs> yeah, I don't honestly believe that it's coming back, but we'll see. I uh, made the f- very first time I tried to play the first Silent Hill. Um, so this would have been 2007, I think, 2008. Oh, wow. When it, and, no, and I got killed by the very first monster I encountered. I'm like, oh, I don't want to play this anymore. <laughs> um, and then I made a few attempts to play. I think it was. It was either two or three. It's the one where you're playing as the guy and you just you're roaming around two. the city looking for his dead wife. Yeah, that's two. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Couldn't get into it. Silent Hill is one of those things where like uh, the atmosphere and storytelling has to completely carry it because if you're uh, looking at it as a constructed video game, it's Resident Evil but worse in every way. Yeah. Uh-uh. But like you know, if if the atmosphere and the plot get to you, then like you know, you can have a real grand time with something like Silent Hill too. But you know, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what kind of stock horror setting exists that Resident Evil hasn't touched? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Outer space. It's uh, true. Dino Crisis Three did outer space. Resident Evil did not. Resident um, Evil in space. <laughs> World's not ready for it yet, but hopefully someday. I'm ready uh, for it. Give it to me. 
I said the world, not wheels. Um, yeah, I love Dead Space One. Can be Resident Evil in space. Well, oh, Dead there space is a remake Dead Space coming remake. out in like a week, yes. in like a month, in like a year. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm yeah, excited but I... about that. Um, well, see, you know what it is though. I never. Um... What should I call it? So Dead Space One, I didn't beat because I got to that boss fight that's in like zero gravity, and I was trying to play with mouse and keyboard, and I couldn't. I just kept dying, and I gave oh, up. Rip. But then Dead Space Two, like, I maybe this is a compliment, but that game actually grossed me out. Actually, made me sick, made me uncomfortable, <laughs> and that's hard for someone to do to me. I mean, ugh. probably by intent. I know. Ooh, Dead Space Two. Oh my gosh, that that game. Like yeah, the mm. the cult and everything, and uh, yeah, I don't know. No, I played Dead Space yeah. One back before I had kids, while my wife yep. was working nights. And you. Turned all the lights out for some reason. Uh, oh yeah, that's why you wouldn't play horror <laughs> games. Run. Yeah, that went well. <laughs> oh, it was I like played... a period where I would like have to just persuade wheels to play horror games. <laughs> I played Alan Wake alone in the darkness late at night once, and I was like, nope. <laughs> Did that once, and now, now when I play the uh, remaster, it's in broad daylight, let me tell you. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, oh, Resident Evil uh, on a space. Oh, right. Alan Wake 3 is in development, correct? Alan Wake 2. Oh, right, because American Contact. Nightmare was not a sequel. Okay. Yeah, it was a DLC. Gotcha. But, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah. Wait, can Resident I just Evil's... say though that I liked the Re the uh, Silent Hill movie, the first I one. I've never bothered seeing it. Um, <laughs> I liked that one. Re Resident Evil has never done space, but like when you get into deep into the like weeds with the series, you get into some weird ass places. Uh, like you've got the. Water. Uh yes. They did water, not they didn't do underwater. One of the boats sank, <laughs> right on the boat. So they did water. Um, yeah, and then we haven't wasn't... gone full deep here, but yeah, yeah. Hold on. Um... There's another one on a boat that's gone. Survivor Four, Biohazard, Heroes Never Die, aka Resident Evil Dead Aim. There's multiple on desert islands between Code Veronica and Resident Evil Survivor right. One. Uh, there right. is uh, Resident Evil in a zoo in. <laughs> Resident Evil Outbreak file number two. Oh, and then, uh, I mean, because then Village was like, Village was cool because it was vampires and werewolves and, you know, spooky old Castle world and Factory and, yeah, 8 did like a little bit of everything, really. Yeah, I fucking love I, Village. Still but... I still remember an argument I got with into with someone online who is claiming that Lady Dimitrescu could not be a vampire because she was actually a mutant thing. Yeah, well, uh, if it walks like a vampire and talks like a vampire. It's a vampire. I was going to say, it's like exactly. she is a tall, imposing lady who is literally a countess living in a castle in the Carpathian Mountains who with a blood, medical yeah. condition that requires her to drink people's blood. Right. So she yeah. wasn't her, her special born form is that a dragon, way. That's what the etymology of Dracula yeah. is. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so, she, so no, she, she, is she is a vampire. She was not born a vampire because you get to a point where you find Miranda's notes about each of the mm. uh, children, and mm. yeah. So Lady Dimitrescu was she was already like freakishly tall, and I think she already had like 
what's it called? Um, she already had some kind of blood disease prior uh, to hemophilia or some shit. Yeah, hemophilia. So well, yeah, she didn't. Because that's lethal to be born with for <laughs> girls. Yeah, and so then, mm-hmm. but then not only that, but like the werewolves in the game, they're just referred to as lichen, which is kind of a generic term. So they're not necessarily. <laughs> so so I mean, I can see both sides of the argument. Is what I'm saying. Like she's not. Yeah. A tradition, not a vampire in a traditional sense, right? You can say, is anyone ever actually born as a vampire in any in most versions? I've heard there are very few pieces of fiction, but the the point I was also going to make was, it's a vampire in as much as zombies in Resident Evil are zombies. Like, oh, we made a scientific explanation for where they came from, whereas like the the oldest tradition of zombies is like literal curses, but. We made up a pseudoscience reason for why they exist. So, like, Dimitrescu like, is a pseudoscience it. vampire. <laughs> it's like, right. I could name you, like, 15 different stories where the vampires are pseudoscience in some way or another, including Anne Rice. Yeah. Eventually, she gets to some really weird crap by the time you get to the end of the her vampire series. Something yeah, like... Something like Atlantis. Yeah, like, well, you, you run into this, like... Um, yeah. I was gonna say, remember in the Underworld movies, they explain nope. you know Michael Never Corvinus and bit by a. I only ever saw the first one of those, but again, it cannot be any weirder than Resident Evil. No, image. it's not. So, so their explanation I mean, the was Twilight a regular probably weirder, but let's not talk. About regular this. guy gets bit by a bat, and then another regular guy gets bit by a wolf. That was the explanation in those movies. Yeah, you know, pre-existing viral condition or something like that. Yeah. Now we know that all you get, if you get bitten by a bat, you might just get coronavirus, and that's about oh, it. God. Yeah. Uh, that's if you bite that bat. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. As for uh, other. Yeah. We're just talking about a guy who had a very, very specific idea of what a vampire should be. Yeah. And yeah. no, no conscious thought as to the fact that a vampire is literally just a walking set of memes. Yeah, I mean, you get deep into, like, uh, the the absurdist, like, plucked chicken, what is a human uh, definition at that point? Like, it's, like, the the answer for, like, trying to put a hard and fast definition of what a vampire is is it doesn't matter. It's a series of, like, ideas. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, for, for other stock horror settings that Resident Evil has not really touched on. Uh, oh, I, like, pyramids, like mummies and stuff. I, I don't know that I would ever see them do that, but yeah, that is a point where they've never certainly never done it before. Uh, the other thing I was going to bring up was uh, we've had a lot of Western-style mansion horror, but I would consider uh, Japanese-style mansion horror to be distinct from that. Mm-hmm. And we've certainly never seen Resident Evil pull that one either. Hmm. But, uh, Isn't that what Gone Home was, sort of? No, that's, no, that's very sorry. different. No, um... Sweet Home, sorry. Yeah, Sweet, Sweet home. home is that. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna, Gone Home, no, that's... That, that Gone Home was cool because it was almost like Resident Evil 1 with no zombies, but it also mm-hmm. had no combat whatsoever, and you just... It's, it's an adventure. It's all game. 90s nostalgia. So, no, great game, but I always wondered, like... I always wanted to see a mod of Gone Home that put, like, zombies and combat into it. <laughs> yeah, what I was going to say was... <laughs> We did get we did get uh, probably as close as we'll ever get to uh, mummies and shit in the desert sections of RE5. Yeah, like that's as close as we're ever going to get to like desert horror. 
Um, I don't know. I mean, they could pull out something really weird with the fungus thing again from seven and eight, and oh yeah, the mold. Might have yeah, you can yeah. make that work. I just don't think I. I just don't see them actually bring bringing the aesthetics of mummies. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Okay. Let's see. Uh, and another one for just for fun to wrap up this. I think this. No, this is not the last of the horror questions. Uh, can <sighs> Capcom? Uh, the horror continues. Can Capcom, or should they, or should they remake Dino Crisis three? Uh, yes. I thought Dino Crisis was finally getting a remaster no. or something. Nope. No. They have not promised anything. Okay. Uh, had that game been technically sound, would it be considered more from a schlocky way? I mean, yeah, like the, the big issue with Dino Crisis 3 is uh, that it uh, has issues because it is a game that has a lot of ideas that are not fully realized. It has a bunch of uh, like platforming and jetpacks, but mixed with a camera that's not really built for either of those. It's, it's very uh, a half-step into the more action horror that they would go on to with RE4 and later. But, um, yeah, I think it would have found more of an audience if it functioned better, because, like, at, at the time, there was definitely a resentment towards it for being completely fucking insane. Because it was a game about, oh no, I'm being attacked by dinosaurs, but now in space. Like, <laughs> the the most ridiculous thing they could have done, done. And, like, I think that people maybe took the concept a little too seriously when, when you start... I, I think it was them understanding that a dinosaur jumped at me, oh no, is only it can really only be scary for so long. And so they were moving towards, well shooting dinosaurs is really cool and Dino Crisis 2 had already sort of moved to the idea of like, this is a score attack action game, uh, directed by the guy who would go on to make Ace Attorney <laughs> but uh, I thought yeah. that, um, personally I always thought that Doom 3 did pretty good with survival horror in space, mm -hmm. you know but that's just my opinion no, I gotcha because uh, you had the flashlight and the monster closets and but also nothing you were fighting was a dinosaur which is inherently ridiculous. no right exactly <laughs> like the, the dinosaurs zombies in, space in the game, though. yeah yeah but that's doom tradition but yeah the dinosaurs in space but it really sunk the idea of like anyone taking dino crisis 3 seriously but i think <laughs> yeah. people were wrong to think that they were meant to take it seriously uh but yeah like i, I think that if it just worked better <laughs> it would be uh, there, there would be a cult following for it now, as opposed to like there's, there's kind of one, but people mostly are just like, yeah, oh, it doesn't. It's, it's interesting. It doesn't really work. Uh, let's see, what do you think about the opinion that remakes should embrace the bad as well as the good with the originals? In other words, Jill sandwich anyone? Uh, I mean, it depends on what kind of bad you're talking about. Yeah. Because, like, if you get a mechanic that just doesn't work, then it doesn't, like, trying to embrace it. Like, if I embrace it, you mean try to fix the mechanic instead of cutting it entirely. That makes sense. But if you're saying, like, leave it in, it's like, no, the point is to try to make a better game. Yeah, exactly. If you mean, like, references to weird old lines, then, yeah, that's fun. Yeah. That could be done. Or, but... like, um, like, Final Fantasy IV DS, the, when they did the new translation, they decided to keep in Spoonie. Yeah, I yeah. think it's just one of those things. Like, 
but yeah, not because it was actually accurate to the translation that translation but just because everyone knew the line and went, they needed to keep yeah. it in but yeah. if, if you're suggesting something like uh, the Secret of Mana remake is how remake should be done, uh, no. <laughs> like that... the, the remake is the chance to take something that did work and improve it, or take yeah. something that didn't work and try to make it work. Not just let's remake this game exactly, only with a different let's make it uglier. And this is fundamentally why the. Uh, Demon's Trials of Mana remake was garbage, and the Trials of Mana remake was a much better remake. Yeah, than it's wonderful because it was a new, it was a new mm. game <laughs> built on the constituent parts. It was or romantic saga minstrel song. Yeah, both. Yep, it both literally cannot be compared to its original. <laughs> no, both of those are wonderful remakes that not only completely like refresh an older game, but they also like provide ways that that series can like continue in that style like mm. if you give me a new mana game in the trials of mana style i would be you know, trials of mana remake style that is i would be all over that same thing with like a uh, minstrel song mm. you know that uh... that is the way to do remakes yeah like like my my general opinion would be that a remake is not a replacement. Right. A remake is an attempt to do new and interesting things with old material. And mm -hmm. that's why something like the Resident Evil remakes or the F7 remake are very interesting because they're very different. They are acknowledgments that the original material is one, irreplaceable, and two, is uh, something that, like, just recreating will not actually recreate the spirit of the game. If I just make, uh, say, FF7 again, I can't recreate the uh, understanding of someone who doesn't know who Sephiroth is. Even if you didn't play FF7, you can't recreate the experience of not knowing who Sephiroth is because you have lived in a world where that character has been infamous for decades. Uh, mm. But... And so, like, arrow deed for decades. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's been a character who has become essentially a stock character unto himself. Uh, and so, when FF7, like, I, I remember when FF7 remake came out, there was a lot of complaints that like Sephiroth is in the game way earlier than he is in the original version. And like, there's practical reasons to do that. You want the core villain of the piece to be a part of the story from the first game rather than waiting until game two or three to introduce him. But on a broader point, you need to make it clear that you don't actually know what this character is doing. You don't know why, what his guiding like motivation is at this point, because this world, this is a game that exists with the context and understanding that the prior game existed and cannot be replaced just because we decided to remake. And you don't have to get that meta with it because, you know, you get something like Resident Evil 2 that is, uh, you know, like, you know, it doesn't have like a meta commentary on its status as a remake the way that FF7 does. But at the same time, it is like reliant on this understanding of like you have an idea of what Resident Evil 2 is and we've used constituent parts of Resident Evil 2, but we've made a very different game with them. And you did that. They did that all the way back with Resident Evil 1 remake. One of the things that they yeah. did just to fuck with people 
one of the most infamous things they did to fuck with people. There is a bit right at the start that's the zombie dog hallway. And in the original version, you go through that in one in, you know, you go through that fairly early on, they jump through. In the remake, if you go through it in the wrong direction, they won't jump through. And that fucks with players who think they know what's going to happen. Because they go through it once, and it's like, oh, it, it didn't happen. Then you go back through it in the other direction, and fuck, it happened. What? Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, then there was um, the Crimson Heads, right? Yeah, you had to burn the thing. bodies, or they'd come back, and it was like, oh, fuck me. And and then the zombies opening doors, and uh Or breaking them. <laughs> yeah. Fucking crazy. Yeah, like, one of, the, one of the things that makes that advantageous is that it fucks with new players who have no idea what to expect. But it fucks even more with old players who think yes. they know what to expect. <laughs> a different example from a very different medium, but mm-hmm. um, Wheels may have seen this. Wheels, did you ever see the movie The, the House with the Clock in Its Walls? Uh, no. I've heard of it, though. Good movie. Also good book. The, and the book and the movie follows the original book fairly closely, except in some spots where I think it really does an improvement. But one of the major things that changes is the actual, um, exactly the nature, but the identity of the villain in the big reveal towards the end. Oh, that's fun. Is, hmm. is um, not the same, not the character you're expecting it to be. If you have read the book first, let me just huh. leave it that. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And so I, I mean, I had to watch this in Japanese because it was out not in English by the time I was able to watch it in the theater over here two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just watching along and following it in Japanese because I, I mean, I loved this series from like the mid nine, um, mid eighties even. Mm-hmm. One of the first book series I ever read by myself as a kid. Um, and so I was just like, okay, it's getting here, and it's like, wait a moment. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? It's like happened and honestly that was i was not expecting that happened i'm happy i got surprised yay yeah hmm. but yeah like uh to to like also i, I recommend this to your kids wheels okay yeah. the um the original oh, book so series the was well, middle sure. school gothic horror Ooh. and huh. the uh and the movie manages to translate this to the post potter generation pretty well oh, go for it yeah okay sorry yeah yeah, no, no, no worries. This is an uh, example of this and remakes or um, new versions making things in a slightly different way that works. Yeah, like I, I would hold that like uh, a a remake, you know, for for it to be worthwhile, it needs to do something that differentiates itself, and sometimes that can be by completely reinterpreting the original material, creating something completely unrecognizable and sometimes it can be as simple as like we've just added something that adds like some significant dynamic to this like the dq5ds adding another bride like oh that adds to the dynamic in some fashion but you know if you're just like we're, we're doing the old thing but it's updated looking we're just putting malibu stacy in a new hat <laughs> it's just in a new hat and it might not even be a good hat Oh, but I want the Lisa Lionheart doll. <laughs> it's a shame that girl will have to spend five hundred dollars on the doll. <laughs> but yeah, um, it, it's it's just one of those things. Like inevitably, the remake will 
in the process of attempting to recreate it, like, fuck up something that fans of the original appreciated and produce something that people just, yeah. like, like, inevitably it will fall away. Like, almost inevitably it'll fall away and, like, people will just think of the original. It's like a cover band. <laughs> yeah, so, like, what the hell is the Last of Us remake gonna be? Like, what is... No I don't get it. <laughs> like, I get it from the sense of... I get it from Sony's marketing being like, this sold well, do it again. But, like, from, from a creative direction, I don't see any future for that being an interesting project. Um, mm -hmm. it, uh... it, just, it's, it hasn't been long enough in general. Like, Last of Us just got its proper sequel, like, two years ago. <laughs> Yeah, yeah they, I know. They, it's a bad sign when you're remaking the game that recent, oh, that soon. Yeah. Speaking of I'm games like... that Wheels has said he's going to be buying soon. What's that? Dino Reborn, dude. Uh, yeah, bad sign. Born under a bad sign, if you will. Uh, right. uh, uh, what, what I was going to say about... Uh, about Last of Us remake before Wheels becomes too angry and tired, um, is that uh, like the the other issue, and part of what gets people excited about a remake is the concept that something's been gone for a while and they miss it. Last of Us has not been gone enough, gone long enough for people to miss it. It was a marquee wow. PS3 game. It was a marquee PS4 game, and now it is going to be a marquee PS5 game. It just never left long enough. Like, it, it doesn't feel like a remnant of a bygone era like Resident Evil managed to in five years because so much horror games were made after it that it already felt like a throwback to bring it back by the time it came out on GameCube, like, in 2002. Uh, like, a lot of games kind of still are just The Last of Us. There's no... There's no reflection to have on well, what, what did these mechanics mean? Why did we why did we stop using them? We haven't stopped. There's still games to play like that. It's still a very common genre. It's you like that's one of those things where like when I when I think about uh, we're going to get pseudo philosophical before we run ourselves out of time. Uh, when I think about what is a retro game as opposed to an old game is that a retro game to me represents a design paradigm that's fallen out of fashion. And so something like, uh, you know, you can get things that are well into the PS2 era that I would consider retro because it's just like, yeah, like they don't make games like this anymore because we like games now have a different design paradigm entirely. But then you'll get stuff that gets into the PS3 era that's like, here's like Gears of War. We still have Gears of War style games. We still do these kind of things. Uh, whereas something like a Halo feels like a throwback, even though it's only a few years older, because the dominant paradigm of FPSs doesn't resemble Halo. Mm -hmm. And so that feels retro, whereas something like Last of Us feels old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that's just a bit of philosophy that was kicking around in my head, so I'll throw that out there. Mm. But yeah, uh, I think everyone is tired at this point. 
or at least Wheels is. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired. 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 Oh, okay. So I'm doing Xenoblade Chronicles 2 right now, and I'm doing that quest that you're probably familiar with, the, um, what's it called? The Fame and Family, I think it's called. Nope. Yeah, Fame and Family, and you got to talk to the woman at the bar and she wants to be a singer and her son is lost well you, you gotta do require, a whole that doesn't sound like a required quest so i probably didn't do it no it's a side quest but it's really really long and i finally get to the point where i found her kid but i need a blade with keen eye level two to be able to negotiate with him to get him to go back to his mom <laughs> and i have agate or a gate, or whatever her name is, but I have to somehow get her affinity level to three. Uh, you said right, a lot sorry. of words. I know. Um, I do have to go to sleep, and I have lost my patience with this goddamn Xenoblade quest for today, so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, we should probably start worrying about having getting done uh, also I was going to say if the character is named after the rock which it sounds like it's probably Agate oh okay because I figured it's <laughs> it's a Japanese game so I was thinking Agate yeah no I understand oh. but huh. like okay. presume, I'm, I'm assuming that it's just spelled like the rock which is A-G-A-T-E yes Hmm. So, so, yeah. so yes, I have one blade that, that can put the blades coming out of crystals. Why not? Yeah, I was okay. gonna say her. Apparently, her name in Japanese is Meno, which is, I think, the actual name of the rock in Japanese. Wouldn't surprise me. Okay. So yeah, Agate. Agate. Uh, okay. But, yeah. It is the name of the uh, rock in Japanese. Okay. But speaking of things that rock in Japan, please tell us yeah. about your writing endeavors. Uh, okay, well, the, the items that are actually up for sale, uh, <laughs> we have Princesses of the Pizza Parlor for Kindle and Kindle Unlimited, available um, nine, nine episodes, two side quests, and a paralogue for ebook, or also same material found in four paperback volumes, your choice. Um, See, it's uh, oh, it's been too long since I've had to do this, isn't it? Oh, uh, <laughs> you'll get back on the saddle. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So, if you enjoy tabletop role-playing games, if you enjoy playing them, um, reading about them, watching other people do them, which is its own cottage industry on streaming nowadays, <laughs> amazingly enough. Um, well. Uh, for for the record, th this particular series of novels, uh, novellas and novels and whatnot, based on a completely fictitious gaming um, campaign in my head, and uh, largely inspired by Pathfinder because that's the source book I had on hand when I started writing it. Um, and it also it does not take place anywhere near Ravenloft, which I mean apparently is the currently favored. Adventure spot for a lot of these let's play groups online. Okay, enough of that. Um, but anyway, so if you enjoy, <laughs> if you enjoy, ask, um, if you enjoy living vicariously through other people's poor dice rolls and even worse personal decisions, 
then give this a look. Um, yeah, it it only looks middle school because you know the entire most of the cast is like age twelve to thirteen. Um, it's just a lot of fun anyway. So give it a try. Check it out. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs> Leave a review or something. Always nice. It's nice to know people are reading. Just just as a general rule. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I got back into reading this year. It's nice, but it's also really annoying when you have access to a month-to-date sales report that says that your last actual sale was over a month ago now. Ouch, that's rough. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I've never sold... I've never even written a book, let alone sold one, so you're way ahead of me there. (laughs) So, you have my respect. Oh, in, what, in actual where? writing, in actual writing news, I'm currently uh, overhauling a, something I wrote 12 years ago. Cool. Oh. Yeah, just because um, did a uh, about about 12 years ago, I did a review for a PlayStation game called uh, Mirmanoid, which is loosely based oh, yeah. on an anime, a late 90s anime of the same name, and I don't know if it had enough of a fan base that one of the, its English-speaking fans mm. actually mailed me about asking what was up with the final boss because she could never figure out exactly how that situation happened. And so chatted with her a bit about it and then for some reason I long story short I'm about to let's say two um, about 180,000 words into a fan novelization at this point. (laughs) Yeah. So um, but yeah I realized that the later sections were quite a bit lengthy lengthier than the first three that I wrote that would have been like book one of the story so I've been rewriting it and seeing about a 40% increase in length hmm. which is not normally what you get when you're editing a novel <laughs> hey why not huh. yeah yeah well I started I got back into the Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson yeah I'm in the third book of that series, and and so the first three books are each about 900 to 1,000 pages long, so I'm about halfway through book three, and Brandon Sanderson is also the guy hired to finish The Wheel of Time back in the day, uh, books 12, 13, and 14, so... He's I'm also the guy that. who did a Kickstarter for four completely new novels that even his own ed- um, editing team didn't know existed until he just dropped them on him. <laughs> he just dropped them on the, him. Dude, the, the dude's a machine. I don't know how he writes so much stuff. You know? Yep. Terrifying. Um, I mean, and, and we live in a world where we may never get the next Song of Ice and Fire book, so who knows? You know? I mean, I wish George R. R. Martin would pick up the fucking pace. <laughs> Yeah, no, George. I mean, did you ever hear? Did you ever hear what was really crippling him on that? What? Um. Well, the terrible Martin's writing HBO show. No, 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 no. This is <laughs> a long time before that. Um, the Martin Martin's writing style fit, strongly favors setting things up and seeing where it goes, and he did, he's not always very good at planning where no. things go. <laughs> and can, if yeah, it turns and if it turns out that he killed a character like three books earlier. That would have been really essential later on, and he has a lot of trouble dealing with that. Okay. And so up until about 2013, he had a really good editorial staff that were uh, helping him get 
things organized properly because he also he doesn't actually write chronologically either. Oh dear lord! No. Yeah, so I mean, there are large sections of the next book that are complete and polished and everything, but he doesn't have some of the bits that go between them. Oh, and so it, and so he he's the kind of writer who strongly relies on his editorial staff to help put the final product together. Except in, by around 2013, his main two editing guys left and started writing the Expanse. Oh. And guess about what time the entire writing of A Song of Ice and Fire just started to hit the skids. Right then? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um... So, yeah, his his gardening approach to writing works much better for his short story stuff. But oh, no, it does he, not work. He does have good short stories. I don't know if you read Dream Songs, Volume 1 and 2. It's part autobiography and part, like collection of short stories no there's some really good stuff in those books actually yeah. Yeah. yeah but the uh yeah it's not as good for long form epic fantasy which i mean to be fair yeah. he was not intending to write it as long form as it ended up being because he was originally trying to just poke fun at robert jordan's ability <laughs> really? to finish a story wow. and then he became wow. a worse example Wow. I mean, that, that's that's why he that's why he killed the main character at the end of the first book. It was partly to make a point on Ned Stark. Yeah. yeah. Sean Bean played him because Sean Bean of has to die and everything he's in. Yeah, when I I remember seeing that he was cast for that part, and it was just like, yeah, like, yeah, that makes. That sense. is a Sean Bean role. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey, just watch National Treasure. His character just ends up in jail instead of dying. Wow. Um, so, yeah, so George R. R. Martin did some... And we're getting done with this because I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, he wrote some, some excellent um, horror short stories, believe it or not, back in the day. Yeah. Um, and some sci-fi yeah, um, stuff. And, yeah. I can attest to the amount of planning and structuring that goes into writing anything longer than a hundred thousand words um and yeah you do not do all of that by the seat of your pants and even if you allow for some wiggle room you need to learn how to be flexible on reaching your goals hmm. yeah it's like well, I, you need to know yeah. where the story is going and you need to accept that sometimes it's not going to get there the way that you originally planned it but hey it gets there yeah because i i took a fiction class long time ago and i swear the teacher hated my guts but i started writing something and it was like heavily inspired by terry pratchett and discworld but i had this idea that it was like a it was like a book within a book so you had mm -hmm. the author of the book goes on vacation and then the narrator of the book takes over the story and makes it go in a different direction and i don't know i i keep meaning to revisit it and i don't know that, that was you were, you said how you're working on a writing project from years ago i'm like yeah i've got a writing project from you know almost 20 it. years ago that i'd love to revisit <laughs> do it i've currently got it i've got the original manuscript on open office on one side of the screen i've got the rewriting on wordpad on the other side of the screen i'm just typing it straight across nice yeah and occasion and it's like okay need to work on the transitions here okay need some more descriptions of background here okay it should not 
open as abruptly as it does here. Okay, and wow, the point of view is skewed between three different characters in the scene. Let's fix this. Cool. And occasionally, oh, this would really help if I had a completely different scene in, in between these two. That's how you end up with plus 40% over what you originally had. Yeah, well, what I did recently, at, at least what I did do recently was I got a Chromebook and then found a whole bunch of notes on my Samsung phone, my iPhone, um, my computer. I just I got all of these different notes at least consolidated into Google Docs, which I can access on any device now. So at least I have a whole bunch of files with different notes and different ideas all in the same place. And, and that's really helpful to me, at least. So, so yeah, and another random stuff in between projects. I'm do just doing like short story style chapters of what is effectively Idle Max if they let me do the scenario writing. <laughs> yep. Having uh, some fun with this. And, yep. Yeah, I don't want to rush anyone, but I have, I'm going oh. to bed in like 15 minutes. Oh, yeah, so no, I, I got to go to bed same. too. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. Um, okay. Uh, plug. Joe, at least oh, tell them where your Twitch is. Oh, okay. What? So, yes, yeah, it's in Kindle, Kindle Unlimited, yay. Yeah, Kindle Unlimited. Yes. Okay. Joe, what's your... At least tell them where my... your Twitch is. <laughs> oh, my, my Twitch? What? So that you can... So that you, aren't you going to advertise your stream at the very least? <laughs> oh, well, I, I should, yeah. Um, so, Smoking Joe 86 spelled weird with zeros and a one. Uh, yeah, Twitch, no, I was Twitch. doing... Um, yeah. There yeah. are other streaming platforms. But guess what? No one's going to assume any of those if you don't give them context to. <laughs> so, yeah, so I do have a Twitch channel. I have four followers. Yippee. Um, hey, I'm one And of you are. And I think my brother might be another, and my non binary niece might be another, if I said that right. Um, Nibbling is the. Uh, well, they didn't. They didn't like nibbling, oh. and I we we did not agree on one. Okay, so that's a whole separate thing. But yeah, no. So my Twitch channel, I, I tend to stream on Thursday and Saturday nights if I feel like it. Um, so yeah, check that out if you feel like it. Give it a look. Uh... Well, and then I, I archive the videos through YouTube, so there's a bunch of old streams that have been archived onto YouTube. Uh, Smoking Joe 86. So, uh, you can cool. watch my stuff on twitch.tv slash swheels. Uh, I forgot to, to stream RE7 before it left Game Pass. So now, I'm gonna have to, now I'm going to have to buy it. Just but you it, should buy it. Buy it like and, yeah, we'll yeah. Buy it at some point. Well, just yeah. so you know, if you buy it digital, it is Play Anywhere. So you will get both copies of it for Xbox okay. and PC. We'll probably do that. And um, Wolfenstein, the new order just came new to Epic for free. And then I realized, oh, I already have all these games on Game Pass. So I kind of want to stream some of Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. Some point, yes. so I'll probably do some of that because that game rules. Yes, and not not that uh, New Order isn't good, but I, I feel like you should stream. 
You should stream Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Oh, God. <laughs> you should stream Wolfenstein 2009, a game that will finally leave legal limbo when Microsoft finishes acquiring Activision. Hey, I I own that, that game the, on PC. software one? Yep. Yeah, I liked that one. It's been in legal limbo for years and years because of the acquisition of it by Bethesda. Yeah, it got delisted on Steam, but I can still download it because I own it. So, <laughs> yeah, once Microsoft finishes acquiring Activision, it will technically all the constituent pieces that had a uh, portion of the rights will be together, and they'll just be allowed to re-release it if they so choose. Yep. Uh, cool. But yeah, uh, and yeah, eventually I'll finish writing something and post it on the Patreon, but. As that has not happened because I've got like eight different essays that I keep pecking away at to try to like finish my thoughts and write a suitable conclusion to. Those are still in limbo, so I won't let directly into the video. You know, but there's stuff there if you go looking for it. Um, otherwise, uh, I'm very tired. So see you, Space Cow. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. You can leave us questions. Uh, and a special thanks to Fireminer for providing this week's questions. Leave us questions in the Discord. You can get to the Discord by going to the community tab of RP Gamer. Yes, and I am I am very happy to try to answer any Resident Evil related questions. Let me tell you, <laughs> that was the that was fun. So. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you can ask the questions. You can go in the Discord uh, and ask them in the podcast section. It's a lovely community, even if you don't want to ask us questions. So. Let's head to RP Gamer and click the community tab, and you can get the invite. Great place. Um, you can also ask some you questions. Should, you should join the Wheelie Verse if Wheels wants you to. I yes. don't think Wheels has ever actually posted that publicly. But... I oh, have, okay. yes, the Discord. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's available yeah. publicly. Absolutely, join <laughs> the uh, the Wheelie Verse, please. We'll say mean things. Um, but what I was <laughs> going to say was. Uh, uh, <sighs> Sorry, I tried. Um, you can also ask us questions by uh, asking in uh, the comments section underneath this very episode. You are also allowed to ask them in uh, the chat on the Twitch stream Wheels has, which I failed to monitor today because I'm tired. But in general, art. Uh, okay, thank you. But I was going to say uh, if you. Uh, do try to keep track of us on uh, uh, keep track of the live recording. Bear in mind that for the foreseeable future, our schedule has changed slightly. We'll be uh, now. Actually, I needed hmm? to mention that to you. I'm here today because my last two oh, classes just for today. today. Oh, next just week, for I've today. I've got Thursday off next week. <laughs> oh, so I can actually okay. do the regular time next week. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll put a note in the RP Gamer. Whatever. Oh, sorry. It's, it's, That's yeah. fine. That's fine. It's, I misinterpreted. I should have gotten higher permission. Yeah. But sorry, I just case. saw that on the podcast. I'm like, okay, I'm not sure how I can actually mention this without. I, don't know. I mean, you know your schedule better. You can just point it out. Yeah. Oh, that's the problem. I don't always know my schedule more than three weeks in advance for certain days. Mm-hmm. I, I just I assumed that you. I just yeah. didn't know what everything else is going on. Yeah. But yeah, okay, so never mind then. I was going to give an updated time, but as our time is not updating, we continue to record in general on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, until 1 or 
all of us is way too tired to keep talking. Um, but yeah, otherwise, see you soon, guys. See ya. See ya.